uprising. An uprising is a noun, and its meaning is this, one meaning, an act of resistance or rebellion, a revolt. Jose Julian Marti Perez, he was born in January of 1853, and he died in May of 1895, and he was a Cuban and a national hero in Cuba. He was an important figure in the Latin American Revolution that occurred in Cuba in the 1800s. He was a writer, and during his life, he worked on poems, essays, journalism articles. He was a professor and a publisher, and he wrote extensively about this idea of a revolution occurring in Cuba. Cuba at the time in the 1800s was a colony ruled by Spain. And in an article Jose Marti published in a magazine called Patria in New York, and he was living in exile in New York at the time, and he wrote this about the revolution that he wanted to see happen in Cuba. Here are his words. The revolution will be for the benefit of all because all will have contributed to it. Due to a law which is beyond the hand of man to avoid, those who exclude themselves from the revolution out of a social objections or an arrogant sense of superiority will be, in a way that does not clash with human rights, excluded from its honor and influence. Honor forbids a man to ask for his share in the triumph to which he refuses to contribute, and many a noble heart is perverted by a belief in a certain sense justified in the futility of patriotism. Patriotism should be censored when it is invoked to prevent friendship among all men of goodwill in the entire world. All who can see the growth of unnecessary wrongs and are honestly trying to alleviate them. Patriotism is a sacred duty. When one fights to make one's country a happy place in which to live, it is painful to see a man insist upon his own rights when he refuses to fight for the rights of another. It is painful to see our cherished brothers for the sake of defending their desire for wealth refuse to defend the most important desire for dignity. It is painful to see men reduced by a device exclusive to the working man to an austerity more harmful than benign because this isolation of men of one occupation or a certain social circle aside from the wise and proper agreements among persons of similar interest encourage cliques and resistance on the part of members of other occupations and circles. Violent changes in leadership and the continuous unrest which these shifts would bring about in the same republic would be less beneficial to its children than a state of complete unity where, once the tools of daily work were laid aside, one man might be distinguished from another only by the warmth of his heart or the fire of his intellect two questions I have from this. The warmth of our heart, what is that? And what is the fire of our intellect? And what ingredients would we need for something like this? Or is it even desirable? Could you be loved? Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. This is Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. I am here to have a conversation with you and hopefully ignite your curiosity to explore the past, the present, and work on how you can use your talents, gifts, and abilities to contribute to a future that is good for you and for the rest of us. This iteration of the Stephen Thompson Experience is examining 
the past, the present, and the future through the lens of the music of Bob Marley. And today, I am listening to the song and looking at the lyrics of Could You Be Loved? Could You Be Loved? A song by Bob Marley and the Wailers. It was released in 1980 on their last album, Uprising. And it's included on the Bob Marley's and the Wailers' greatest hits album, Legend. Written in 1979 on an airplane. And the group was experimenting at the time on a guitar. Now, in the middle of the song, the background singers are quoting a song verse from Bob Marley's actually first single, Judge Not. And here's what they said. The road of life is rocky, and you may stumble too. So while you point your fingers, someone else is judging you. I want to hear that one again. The the road of life is rocky, and you may stumble too. So while you point your fingers, someone else is judging you. Love your brother, man. Could you be, could you be, could you be loved? Could you be, could you be, could you be loved? Don't let them change you or even rearrange you. Oh, no. We've got a life to live. They say only, only, only the fittest of the fittest shall survive. Stay alive. Could you be loved and be loved? Could you be loved and be loved? That's the question. Could you be loved? And could you be loved as well? And what obstacles could we possibly place in front of people to prevent them from experiencing love and also being able to return the love that they have been given. The Creo case. This was an American slave revolt in November of 1841. The Creo was a ship and it was involved in the United States coastwide slave trade. And there was a revolt on this ship. And as a result of this revolt, there was 128 enslaved people who won their freedom in the Bahamas. At the time, the British owned the Bahamas. And because of the number of people that were freed, what they called the Creole Mutiny was the most successful slave revolt in U.S. history. Now, how it started, in the fall of 1881, the ship, the Creole, was owned by the Johnson and Epperson Company of Richmond, Virginia. And it was going to take 135 slaves from Richmond to sell them in New Orleans. The Creole left Richmond with 103 slaves and picked up another 32 in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Now, those slaves were owned by Johnson and Epperson. But 26 of them were owned by Thomas McCargo, and he was a slave trader and one of the passengers. Now, also on the ship, they had tobacco, a crew of 10, the captain's wife, the daughter, and niece, four more passengers, including other slave traders, and eight slaves who belonged to the traders. Now, there was a man named Madison Washington, and he was a slave. He escaped to Canada in 1840 at 25 years old, but he was captured and sent back to Virginia. And he was looking for his wife. And she was among those being shipped to New Orleans. So, on November 7th, 1841, Washington and 18 other slaves rebelled. They overwhelmed the crew, 
They killed John Hewell, one of the slave traders, the captain of the ship. Robert Ensor was wounded in the uprising, and one of the slaves was badly wounded and later died. Some of the crew members were wounded, but they also survived. So the rebels took the overseer, William Merritt, at his word, because William Merritt said he would navigate the ship for them. They asked him first, take us to Liberia, which is in Africa. Now Merritt told them that voyage couldn't be made. It's too long. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough supplies to make it. So there was another rebel on the ship. His name was Ben Blacksman. And Blacksman said, let's go to the British West Indies. Now, Ben had known other slaves that he had heard of that had got freed by going to the West Indies. So on that day, the next day, November 9th, the crew of the Creo got to Nassau, the Bahamas. And a harbor pilot got on, and his crew was all local African-American or black Bahamas. Now, they told the American slaves that under British law, they were free, and they could leave and go ashore at once. Now, the captain of the ship was hurt. Uh, the Bahamas authorities took the first mate at the time to the American consulate to tell them what happened. So once they arrived at the American consulate, the British governor, at the request of the Americans, said, hey, look, we want a guard on the ship. We don't want those men to escape who actually were involved in Hewell's death. So the British then took Washington, who led the revolt, and 18 other people who were involved in planning it and put them into jail. And they charged them with mutiny. Now, the rest of the people who were on the ship, the other hundreds, were allowed to live as free people. Five of them included three women and a girl and a boy. They decided they're going to stay aboard the Creo, and they went back with the ship to New Orleans, and they returned to a life of slavery. Now, in April 16th, in fact, of 1842, the court in the Bahamas ordered that the 17 people who planned this revolt to be freed, and that included Madison, Washington, as well. So and in total, 128 people who were enslaved gained their freedom, which made that mutiny aboard, aboard the Creo the most successful slave revolt in U.S. history. Now, when we look at our own lives today and we think about this concept of, of loving, this concept of, of getting free, where you sit, where you stand in your life today, what is your inner spirit calling you towards? Perhaps if you were going to have an inner mutiny or an inner rebellion or an uprising that occurs in your own spirit. Here's a quote by August Wilson, a poet, not a poet, a playwright. August Wilson is a playwright. And he said this, confront the, dark parts of your, confront the dark parts of yourself and work to banish them with illumination and forgiveness. Your willingness to wrestle with your demons will cause your angels to sing. Use the pain as fuel, as a reminder of your strength. Do I, you, need an inner revolution? 
Scan your life and say to yourself, where do I need to mutiny? Where do I need to revolt? But also say, do I need to love more? What do I need to give more time and energy to? To allow my angels to begin to sing. The challenge now is to listen. Listen for those angels that are singing to you, inside of you. Yes, we all have inner demons that are pulling us in one direction, but we also have inner angels that are singing. And they're singing those songs, Could You Be Loved? Could you be loved? Could you decide to do something that you want to do that's deep down your angels want to sing? The challenge is to listen for those angels. Then the challenge is to go. It's to create, and it's to serve, it's to help, or it's to join. And that is your own inner revolution, your own inner mutiny, your own inner revolt, your own inner desire to make something different, make something better. My contribution, using my gifts, my strengths, my talents, and my abilities. You can decide what that is. You can, and then you can move in the direction of that. Thank you for listening to the Stephen Thompson Experience. This has been Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. What I want you to do right now is I want you to look up at the sky wherever you are at and say thank you. I want you then to put your feet on the ground and feel your feet on the ground and feel the ground underneath you and say, I'm here. I'm blessed. I have things to be thankful for. Then look straight ahead in front of you and look around at your surroundings. And there are things that you can be thankful for. If you're listening to this podcast, you can be thankful that you have access to an internet connection. You have technology, whether it be a cell phone, a computer, a tablet device, a car that is allowing you to access this podcast and many others. You have a home that you are living in. You have food. You have companions. Be thankful for them. Don't take them for granted. It is easy to take for granted what we have on a daily basis in front of us. Our friends, our families, our home, food to eat, our sight, the ability to walk, the ability to see, the ability to hear. Don't take those things for granted because there are people who don't have those and who would willingly trade you to have it back. So don't be ungrateful, but don't ignore what you have. Appreciate what you have today and then use it in the service of others. Thank you for being a part of my experience.